tuned into this episode of Pacey Performance Bite Size. So this clip comes from episode number 375 and it's with Rhett Larson. So in this clip from that episode, he chats around designing the optimal warm-up, what goes in there and what doesn't. Then he follows on with his opinion on stretching, both dynamic and static, and where that fits in, if at all. But just before we do dive into this clip with Rhett, I want to say a big thanks to Rock Daisy for sponsoring this episode today. So if you're looking for a free solution to be able to collect, analyse, visualise and present data to coaches, Check out AMS Lite from Rock Daisy at rockdaisy.com. So when, when it comes to designing warm-up, let's take it back to the start. What is the structure? What is the thought process that you go through when you're designing a warm-up or series of warm-ups over a, over a prolonged period of time? Yeah, yeah. And uh, as I kind of mentioned, I really go week to week. Because I'm always kind of looking at what I did last week and seeing which parts need to be replicated the following week because I really want to build on them. But, you know, I wouldn't maybe want to do jump rope two weeks in a row because I don't want them becoming jump ropers. I like them struggling with it. So, like, as I said, so let's just take if a general week, which is, you know, on Sunday, if I'm looking at what I'm going to do for the rest of the week. Um, that would be, let's say we have 10 different warm-ups that I have to do before technical practice because most days we're practicing twice a day. Um, so that's 10 warm-ups that I'd have. Um, each warm-up that I get is 15 minutes, uh, 15 to 20. Let's let's keep it 15 right now. The Germans give me 20. It's great. But uh, 15 makes it easy. Um, and I would probably break that 15 minutes up into three five-minute chunks, right? Kind of a thermogenic first five minutes. I got to get their body warm. We've talked about that is the low bar that I have to that I have to cross in order, or low bar that I got to get under in order to make sure that they're okay uh, and safe to start. After that five minutes, I'm going to go into, I'm stretching. That's where I'm going to try to just do the minimal stretching that, that I need to get done. Tick that box. I don't stretch very long. I think that's a mistake a lot of coaches make is just trying to throw a ton of stretches at athletes when they really don't need that much. And then the last five minutes is spent kind of neurally preparing them for practice. And so that's where things start looking more volleyball specific. That's where we're starting to fire at 100%. That's where I'm designing games or, you know, we'll talk about constraints that will have them moving closer and closer to game speed, doing some volleyball movements. Um, but but yeah, if you look at that, let's just take out the five-minute section that's stretching. But that still get, leaves me with, 20 different open five-minute slots in which I can start making my athletes better, if that makes sense, right? And so then I start looking at, well, there's some things that are kind of non-negotiable in my week. I'm always going to sprint my athletes. So, and I need them kind of, as much as I love variety, I need them to know when sprint day is coming up. And so let's say every single Wednesday morning, we're going to sprint. We're going to, I'm going to do a warm up that is at the end of that warm up going to end up with all of my athletes doing at least three runs at a hundred percent with timing gates up at 10 meters, then up to 15, like progressively longer as the season goes on. Um, and uh, I'll constrain them at first. So nobody runs fast enough to get hurt. Like I'll have them holding medicine balls, things like that, that slow them down. Um, but by the end, the medicine balls are off and I'm just racing my team and my team is all trying to see if they can be the fastest girl at, at their position. And cause they know that the results get published to all the coaches and it's a big deal. So that day goes in first and that's actually a kind of a boring warm up Cause that's like a sprinter warm up. Like I'm doing a ton of hamstring stuff. Of course, I, I cannot have an athlete get hurt doing this. 
Um, after that, there's days, you know, like barefoot days. So there's going to be days in my week and, and warm up sessions that are going to be no shoes because I got to get their ankles stronger. I got to take their shoes off and do some out of alignment kind of stuff too. I need to make sure their ankles are strong when they're inverted, everted. Um, and so I put probably that stuff in first because the girls have to kind of know which days to not come in with shoes on and knows what they know what days it's going to be sprinting. Like I need that consistency. But after that, I'm left with a dozen or so boxes where now I'm thinking, okay, first of all, in the weight room, I don't have enough time to do all the shoulder work that needs to be done to keep volleyball players safe. So in that first thermogenic group throughout the week, I'm going to be like, all right, let's do handstands against the wall there. Let's do functional range conditioning, like um, infinity hovers here. Let's do banded work here. Let's do this here. And I will pepper in shoulder work in the thermogenic section. Then, of course, I have to, I'll look at what toys I have available. And I'll say, okay, well, here in this particular gym, we have dowel rods. So I'll do kind of a dowel rod based thing in that thermogenic. Maybe I have girls holding the the dowels against the wall doing overhead squats. Maybe it's a movement screen for me that day. Maybe they're doing some skips with the with the stick over their head and a Franz Bosch like co-contraction kind of stuff. But low level, low intensity thermogenic stuff. Um, you know, if I have two by fours, if I have if I have my medicine balls, if I have bands, if I have whatever it is, I'm gonna just say this will be my band day and I will pick, I'll go to my Excel spreadsheet and pick from my long list of thermogenic exercises that I can do with this piece of equipment. And I start filling in those thermogenic sections throughout the week. Then I'm going to maybe check with my physical therapist to say, hey, are you seeing big problems? Like, do you, do I need to be doing, do you need to be teaching me three thoracic spine uh, move, like uh, mobility exercises so that we can pepper those into warm up, you know, into the thermogenic section. We'll make a little circuit that involves one of those every day so that we maybe get out of some shoulder pain problem that you see. Maybe my physical therapist is like, you know, Rhett, we're getting some knee issues. I would love to recheck their ankle mobility. Oh, great. Let's put a movement screen in into one of the thermogenic circuits. We'll have them you know, jump roping here, and then they immediately walk over to the wall and see how far back they can keep their heel on the ground while they touch their knee to the wall. And we look for the big elephants in the room that, that, uh, that might be big problems. And so after I've done that, and then I'm thinking, okay, what what has the head coach been talking about all week? All right. So he was complaining two days ago that the girls aren't low enough on defense. Well, let me put in some stuff where the girls have to keep, you know, the net. They have to be under the net and not letting their head touch the net while I throw medicine balls at them or they throw medicine balls to each other. Um, let me do some, so, you know, if they're not crossing over well on blocks, let me do, let me thra throw some bungee cords on them for the neurological section of my work, of my workouts and, and put in some of that. Um, and it just goes on and on, you know, if, if, uh, if we're not swinging hard at the ball, then maybe in that, and you have to know where to put it. If it's something I can handle with a low intensity exercise, then it goes in the thermogenic section. If it's something that needs to be done at a hundred percent, that's very volleyball like, like crossing over mechanics with resistance or assistance, then then it goes into that last section. But if it's out of alignment strength, all that stuff goes into kind of the thermogenic sections. And so I, I just slowly build it out uh, using the, the toys that I have available, um, ticking the box of stuff that I need to get it done. Out of alignment strength, you know, get, making sure they're strong with rounded backs, valgus knees, inverted ankles. That's stuff that I don't have time to do in my weight room. And so I love to be able to get that strength training done in warm-up. 
Um, same thing with uh, just you know other biomotor abilities. I don't do a lot of balance stuff in the weight room. So all anything that I'm going to do on a single leg, no, not not anything. But if I'm doing things that are just purely for balance, I shove that into warm up. If I see something crazy on YouTube and I'm like, oh my god, I wonder if my girls could do that. I'll throw it right in. Who cares? It's one circuit. Five minutes. They'll do one circuit of it for five minutes on Wednesday morning. Great. Let's see how that looks. Um, and so there's freedom there. And it's not mindless. I mean, a circuit has to make sense. You have to make sure that in a thermogenic circuit, there's something that's thermogenic. And it's not not all three things are picking on their legs. That they go from upper body to lower body to to a movement screen or something like that. Um, and, and then you just make sure it has flow. I mean, do we have days when the girls are working together in twos and threes? Like, cause that's also a fun part of gamifying the system, making them all kind of team up and, and have to do things that, uh, involve some cooperation and, and fun. Is it fun? Like if I, have I put in enough, have I stolen stuff from Kevin Giles' PE stuff? Like, have I, have I gone in and made sure that we can, can like, can I take out that plyometric session? This is our 20th plyometric session of the week. And instead put in a PE game that involves similar biomechanical abilities or whatever. Um, and so I'll, I'll make sure that there's also a, a component that's actually freaking fun. Um, you know, that's where the silly dancing and stuff can come in that, uh, that, that I, I wasn't going to mention that. Yeah. I'm sorry. I feel like, I I feel like that's the, no, 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 that's fine. I just didn't want to bring it up because I thought you might get bored of it. I've been asked about it all the time. <laughs> Is no, that right or not? It, no, I, you know, it's fun. And it's something that I think I was embarrassed about initially, but now I kind of own it. Because in yeah. in truth, like, you know, the the dancing stuff that, that got to be such a big deal online is the stuff we do before competition. And I have not been talking about a competition warm-up so far. Like, a competition warm-up is kind of a separate <laughs> animal, like, where I, there's a certain amount of, like, swagger and fun. And, I like, we do that for a whole different set of reasons. But as far as dancing during pre-training warm-ups... I think the German team did that once last season. I mean, they would love to do it more, but, uh, but yeah, they, you know, it's not a huge part of what we do, but it does make sense within the, the kind of the fun realm. I mean, I'm not ever opposed to doing it. There are times when the thing my athletes need the most is to just relax a little bit. And in that time, it's, that's the perfect time where I'll fake them out. I'll set up like kettlebells and stuff all and medicine balls all over the floor and then I'll have us just dance in a whole different section of the floor. <laughs> it's always that little zig and zag. I get the big yeah. scream and cheer and the girls go crazy about it. But um, but yeah, there's no reason you can't. I mean, the girls are sweaty and exhausted and dialed in and it ticks all my boxes. And then I just make them go go from a dance to a handstand against the wall to single leg squats with their partner to you know some other shoulder screen. And then we do another dance. And uh, you know for that day that might be the best thing that I could be doing for them thermogenically and for their mental state. Man, Rob, I just didn't realize I've just been talking like a ton. Like, I'm not sure. No, no, it's great. It, it, it did. It did. If I wouldn't have enjoyed it, I would have interrupted. So it's absolutely great. Let's have a little chat about that middle five minutes. The stretching. Mm, yeah. So there's constant debate and there will be constant debate forever and a day about stretching let's have let's let's get your thoughts that five minutes what does it what does it include what do you mean by stretching okay so for me it, this is kind of the least effective dose is what i'm going to look for and as much as i pride myself in all of the variety that goes into the other parts of that warm-up 
I am really consistent in the stuff that I like to do to make sure my athletes mobility-wise are ready to go to war. I don't spend a lot of time on it, but I really love a couple of big bang-for-the-buck multi-joint stretches. Um, you know, Exos used to have this thing, the world's greatest stretch, would be a good example of it. Uh, Kelly Starrett has a, has a hip opener series that he does that's actually what I do almost more often that... For me, like I, I, I'd be nervous if the girls didn't do it before. And you can YouTube it, Kelly Starrett's hip opener series. I think it's one of his most popular workouts, but uh, it's one of my favorites. But similarly, you know, there are bretzel variations that I do for thoracic spine and hip mobility that we'll will hit on. Um, I'm a huge fan of the. I think I mentioned it before. The FRC group, the functional range conditioning. You know. Where I can adding mobility uh, or adding strength and range of motion strength um, to unlock more uh, to unlock more um, flexibility out of a joint. Um, I'm really going after that. You know, for volleyball players, it's ankle, it's hip, it's thoracic spine, and it's shoulder. And if I get those four things done, I'm kind of out of there. Like that's it. And in order. To, that it's not just, uh, you know, I'll usually pepper in some different kind of strength stuff in there as well. Like that might be a place where we do where we do some isometric holds that my physical therapist like and that I think are too boring to put into my weight room. Um, and so, uh, you know, I'm always going to add a little bit of variety, but the girls are going to see some repetition there. Now, Rob, let me tell you this. I don't know that I am moving the needle at all when it comes to these athletes' flexibility. Like I don't, I don't know... I don't think that I've actually, in this boy, this is going to really shoot me in the foot. Nobody's going to read my <laughs> chapter now. I don't think, I really don't, but not that it's my goal. Like I'm really not trying to make the, generally make athletes more flexible unless they have a big problem that my therapist and I have seen through movement screens. But otherwise, I just need them to own whatever range of motion they naturally have. Like that's what I'm looking for. I honestly, and this is a hot take that I think I stole from Ido Portal, you know that guy, is that... I'm not sure you're I'm not sure athletes are able to make really big changes in mobility during the season when they're asking their muscles to be constantly CNS like asking their CNS to be constantly activated and firing and and that probably if you really want to make a big change you've got to just lay off the weights lay off the jumping lay off the the power stuff and spend dedicated time three months, six months doing straight up yoga slash stretching slash long hold stretches. Like I think that's probably the way to do it. You've got to just not confuse your, your nervous system and just let everything have time to calm down. And then maybe you can get that mobility and own it hopefully for long term. but I don't know. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of Pacey Performance Bite Size. So this clip came from episode number 375 with Rhett Larson, and that can be found on iTunes, Spotify, YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. Big thanks to Rock Daisy for sponsoring this episode today, and look forward to chatting to you next time.